a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Well, in fact, let's get out to the zone phone. Uh, she joins us now, of course, women's basketball Hull of Famer, former member of the Utah Stars, and of course, a former Taylorsville Warrior. She's Natalie Williams with us here on Jake and Ben. Natalie, thank you so much for a few minutes. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. So how did this get set up? You're going to be on the broadcast tomorrow with the Utah Jazz. We saw they did it with ESPN earlier in the year, but that was a national game. How did this come to be, and, and how did you get included on the uh, the all-female broadcast? Well, I think it was mainly spurred from Holly Rowe and, um, you know, her strive to get more women involved, especially it's um, International Women's Month. And and so um, one of the people she thought would be great, and she's like, hey, one of the biggest is from Utah is Natalie Williams. So she reached out to me, and I said, hey, it'll be a lot of fun. Let's do it. <laughs> So normally, you know, kind of in the first part of, of the interview, we like to ask, you know, kind of what are you up to now? What are you doing now? But believe it or not, we got an update on that from Jeff Judkins yesterday uh, where he told us that you're apparently running a an AAU team that's chock full of ballers. Yes, yes. I've been coaching for the last 16 years and have been coaching a little in high school and then also running my own club program for the last eight years. And had my first uh, McDonald's All-American this year. Oh, all right. Congrats. Who was that? Uh, Tamia Gardner from Fremont High School. And where's she going? She is headed to Oregon State next year. So I, I, we can pick up there because the Pac-12, I mean, there, there's been some uh, increased interest locally, A, because the Pac-12 is such an elite women's basketball program. You were there when it was the Pac-10 and obviously did great things at UCLA. But now, you know, uh, the women's Utah basketball team is going. Stanford's coming off a national title. Do you still track... Pac-12 basketball and, and women's basketball at the college level? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, we head down to the Pac-12 tournament every year. Just came back uh, what, about a week and a half ago, and it was, as always, an amazing experience. I took my daughters for the first time, so they had a blast. They're 14 and 12, and um, you know their goals are to play in the Pac-12 one day. So, yes, I follow it. Uh, love watching all the teams. Hey, you you turned, uh, turned them loose in Vegas down there, did you? Yeah. Well, I didn't let them out too much. So <laughs> they're still young. My my 12-year-old would have been just uh all over the town if she would have had her way, but no. They they hung out and just got to meet all the girls and and uh get to meet, you know, some of the best in the country like Cameron Brink and Haley Jones, so they were in the hotel and so seeing them in the halls was really cool for them. The question uh, that uh, that we asked Coach Judkins where he talked about you, we asked him about the, the health of the sport here locally. And I guess I'll ask you the, the, the same thing from your perspective. You know, is this, uh, you know, is Utah, Salt Lake, are we pumping out uh, good women's basketball players? 
Yes, I would definitely have to say so. Um, I think it's just improved from year to year. Um, you know, getting a, a McDonald's All-American, and that's one of 24 women in the whole country, getting one here. And then, um, you know, just the incredible, they're just starting, kids are starting younger. You know, I have some amazing young women in my program that are only in sixth grade. And my daughter is probably, I, I might be biased, but I think she's the top seventh grade player in the state um, for basketball and softball. So um, I think girls are just starting a lot younger and they're more competitive um, and they're, they're playing against better competition. So, you know, it's increasing um, just the level of play. I want to ask you this because you're a great ambassador to the sport itself. And going back to when you were at UCLA, to going through the WNBA, playing overseas, working with the national team, what you're doing now at the AAU level, what what's the evolution of basketball for women been like? Just as far as its you know it, its publicity and, and that it, the WNBA is growing in in priority now, and salaries are not anywhere near the men's, but they're they're livable wages and they're decent wages right now. What have been the biggest changes that you've seen that have kind of spurred it to this next level? Well, I think it really helped with, um, you know, Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade and all the NBA players that have supported the WNBA and the women's players and, and go to the games and, and are making other people see, hey, this is amazing basketball and these are incredible athletes um, and they deserve to be recognized. They deserve to be paid more. Um, they deserve to be more visible and I think that's what it's taken, um, and it's really helped. I mean, I you know I feel like I'm one of the pioneers, but um, I still feel like the ones that are playing now are pioneers, and there's still a lot of work to do. But it's it's fun. It's it's on the up, and and I'm sure you heard that um, all of the ad space has been sold for the women's NCAA tournament weeks in advance, right? Yep, weeks in advance, and so that's amazing to hear. And I think it's only going to continue to grow. So we are very excited to hear you on the jazz broadcast tomorrow night. Give us kind of your your big picture. What do you think about this ball club? <laughs> well, it was fun to be at the game last night. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was incredible in the third quarter. I think he had I, I don't have the notes yet, but I think he had seven threes in the third yep, quarter. Man. So that was really fun to see and just really kind of getting to know the team. I haven't watched many games this year, but I've kind of done my research on the last few. Um, and they're a solid group. I mean, I think they're going to go far in the in the playoffs and do well. I think one of the main, you know, if there, there's not been a lot of black guys in sports here in the state of Utah, we've had a lot of success, and the football programs are doing great at the colleges, and the Jazz have obviously always been a, a playoff-bound team. But losing the Stars is something that it feels, looking back on, that, that should have been able to stick around and would love to get a WNBA team back. What what do you remember from your time with the Stars, time in Utah, the fans, and then, uh, of course, switching to San Antonio? Well, I think the biggest thing, especially in our last two seasons, is just the excitement around the team. Um, our attendance was up. I think we were averaging close to 5,000 um, you know, every single game. And, and it, I think it would be great for not only the youth here and the, the, the girls here in Utah to get a team back, but just also the public. We don't have a major league football team. We don't have a major league baseball team. So um, I think they would be really welcomed if the WNBA was able to come back to Utah. 
So I was like uh, asking this question uh, to players who played at an extraordinarily high level, but give us a few names. I don't know if you want to pick from the college ranks, the pros, the women, the men, but give us a few names of players that you enjoy watching play. Uh, for sure, Caitlin Clark from Iowa. She is, um, you know, they are calling her the female Steph Curry. She, if you haven't seen her play, I she mean, pulls up I, from everywhere. Yeah, she really <laughs> from, does. Beyond half court, she's open. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it's not only that. I mean, her range is incredible, and but it's her passing ability and her vision and her speed, the way she pushes the ball down the floor. Uh, really fun to watch. I mean, a generational-type player. There really hasn't been anyone like her um, in uh, in any time. You know, and I've been watching women's basketball for a long time. So I really enjoy watching her. Um, um, the kid from Baylor, Nelisa, Nelissa Smith, she will probably be one or two draft pick in the WNBA draft and Ryan Howard from, um, from Kentucky. So those, those will go one and two. So, and then, uh, Paige Beckers from UConn. She's a lot like Caitlin Clark, but just not as flashy, just a great scorer. So, I mean, there's just so many fun women to watch an NCAA tournament. Hopefully a lot of people will tune in. I think one of the great things about sports, and it can be any league, is we can always look back and, and we love, you know, we get to talk to a lot of athletes. And one of my favorite questions is always say, who was just a step above? Even you played against them and as good as everybody was on the court, you know, Charles Barkley, Carl uh, Malone will say it. Malone, uh, Michael Jordan was just better than everybody. He just was a different level of player. Who did you play against at any point in your career? And you just thought, that woman is just better than everybody else on the court. She's just a different type of player. Well, I don't know if people remember back when I played, but uh, Yolanda Griffith was, uh, and she was on the Olympic team with me, but she was definitely a step above everyone. Super athletic, 6'4", but could handle the ball, rebound, run, um, and just a beast, uh, you know, with her energy and, and intensity. So, I mean, I would have to say her, um, Tisha Penichero, uh was also a great point guard. Um, Becky Hammond, who is now the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces, she was a great point guard, just kind of an underdog point guard, but just did everything well and was a great scorer. So, I mean, those were, um, you know, hard people to compete against. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for coming on. We're really excited to to watch the broadcast tomorrow night, but uh, it really, our, our pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me on. Thanks, Natalie. The great Natalie Williams uh, with us here on Jake and Ben. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.